0: Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz, and today I have Tiffany... Win with me today. I'm going to go ahead and read you her bio. Tiffany is a spiritual life coach who helps busy professionals and sensitive high achievers reconnect with their truths and live authentically. She combines practicality and spiritual wisdom to guide people towards clarity and confidence in who they are, leading them to inner peace and happiness. With her analytical brain and her intuitive tarot reading skill, Tiffany brings a unique approach to one's self transformational journey. Tiffany immigrated to the U.S. when she was 16 and quickly learned the harsh reality of being alone in a foreign country. She faced her greatest fear, loneliness. As the years went by, she grew tired of chasing the next thing and feeling lost and decided to look within. Tiffany created the happiness blueprint to illustrate how people can build a fulfilling life for themselves. She holds a doctorate of pharmacy and is a student of Tibetan meditation teacher, Yungi Minger. Rinpoche. Tiffany, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Liz.
0: And thanks for being here. So let's start off by sharing a little bit about how you started your journey to inner peace.
1: So it's quite a long journey. <laughs> so I think with when I first immigrated here, um, I became very isolated. So I didn't know the culture and I didn't know the language. Um, but most of it, uh, my true healing would start. So the, those are just like the time of suffering <laughs> for a long time, for like a decade. And then when I moved to Florida to pursue my doctorate degree in pharmacy, and I was engaged at that time. And um, one of those days after an exam, I was just lounging around to study, <laughs> having a study break with my, uh, one of my best friends. And she would just make a comment, a usual comment, like, wow, I wish I had a relationship like yours. And at that moment, I was very relaxed. So I was just like, it's not that great. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So I don't know why would you want that kind of relationship I I have. And then it opened up a conversation um, from us that I basically told her that um, I felt not how I... Uh, acted out on how I portray. Um, we on the paper we look like very good, like a great couple, loving Dovey. But um, it's quite feel quite exhausting for me. I feel like I have to always keep up keep up with the facade. Um, and then so I actually broken down and I was like telling her, you know, after like brushing off you know, like, oh maybe just having cold feet. <laughs> but um, I actually broken down and tell her I actually think I didn't deserve any happiness. Um, I feel like I did a lot of bad things in my life. So I was waiting for bad camera to bite me in the ass, basically. And uh it's just opening up about my past and when I was first moved to the US when I was lonely and I just keep getting into a relationship one after the other, and sometimes not to, you know, not with people I shouldn't be with. And it was a beautiful moment um, where she also opened up and be vulnerable and share her own story and you know very similar mistake. And it didn't take me until like few months later when I was you know uh, driving along. Um, it seems to be a good time to contemplate it when you're driving along, especially on long drive, um, that I have this epiphany that if I switch blades. Uh, with my best friend, if she did everything I did, I would never think anything less of her. And I would never even think for even a second, uh, never thought that she would deserve any less happiness, she would deserve the best, because she's too sweet, you know, there's nothing less. And um, I realized that I was too hard on myself, and that was too harsh. And so that day, I really forgave myself, like, that was just a mistake. It was just you know, like a mistake doesn't have to define who I am at the moment anymore. And we change from the past to the present to the future, we're constantly changing. Uh, so that self forgiveness really jumpstart my healing journey. And uh, it was like overnight, it was like a burden lifted off my shoulder. And I reassessed my height. I figured out I completely lost, I have no idea who I was anymore. I was kept you know, working to checking out all the boxes, but I didn't really know who I was. Um, so I broke off the engagement. Uh, I continue to finish my degree because I do love science and it's actually what I love to do. And uh, I started that off. Um, that's how I start my journey. Yes.
0: Awesome. Let's dive into that self-compassion and forgiveness and how not only did you use it for yourself, but then how did that translate into helping your clients?
1: So that, um, it wasn't until, so it's great. Like when I started on my journey after I, you know, found myself and then I stumbled upon my uh, teacher uh, at the time, I wanted to learn meditation, but for years, it just, it just wasn't working out, <laughs> but I keep falling asleep because I'm very tired and exhausted from busy schedule and stuff like that. And I just didn't get it. Um, it's. So after I met my teacher and learned all all that stuff, and another event that triggered is um, I was having like a big fight with my mother, and it was a big dramatic, and I was going through with my work, stress at work and stuff. But during very that chaotic time, I realized that I didn't feel chaotic. I didn't feel lost. I didn't feel confused or angry or upset. Um, like, I had to do with the stress, but it didn't make me frustrated. It didn't make me angry. Um, and that is just, just, like, like a piece that I didn't rec- recognize that I had until that moment. And I realized that not everybody feels that way. And, uh, and I feel like... That will be a wonderful feeling for everyone to have. So that's how I set out to do my business. It's just based on that wish is to hope everybody to have their own inner peace. And um, through all my work and sharing my story, self-compassion is very important. Uh, we usually, when we get brought up, is always get taught to us that, you know, you need to be kind, nice to other people. And is neglected to, to we, we never talk to be kind to ourselves. We tend to leave ourselves out of the equations. And um, especially for most of my clients, they are always, um, most of them tend to be very caring, nurturing uh, soul. Uh, some of them are caregiver. And uh, a lot of women, um, and even for men, But for women, we tend to be more in touch with our emotions. Um, So we just basically burn ourselves out caring for other people. And we don't have any for us left. And compassion is very important because we all made mistakes. But it's always easier to just forgive other people because we trust them more. And, you know, it's it's just easier because it seems like we've been doing it all the time. And it's for others because we don't attach other people to our identity. And it feels great to forgive others. But for us, it's not so, not, not so easy. And I recognize that it was such a challenge uh, because I went through it myself. It took me over a decade to forgive myself. And um, for something that, you know, for, for like a mistake when I was young and stupid. Um, but people struggling with that. And the older we get, it seems to be it's harder to forgive ourselves because you know at the older we get we're supposed to be wiser and smarter than it is but sometimes we keep repeating the same exact mistake and it's even harder to forgive that because we because uh because apparently we didn't we didn't get smarter we keep doing the same mistake mm-hmm. so so self compassion is very important I think if we don't truly have it for ourselves we can't really understand it then we can't really have it for other people. Uh, We might forgive them, but also the level of it is not very deep. so. Mm So that's very important.
0: Yeah, so true. And I like what you said earlier about driving down the road and you were thinking, I wouldn't think this about my friend, you know, so why am I thinking this about myself? So and reconnecting, you know, with your authentic self and going through that forgiveness, going through that self-acceptance and inner peace. And how, how does being true to ourselves, um, help us in our life? And then also those, um, who are around us
1: is very important, um, so I think we has been, I guess for generation, we're always brought up with certain kind of set of standard and expectations. We're all supposed to, you know, study well and went out get got a good job and be caring toward our family and have our own family and brought up, it's very set of standard how our life's supposed to go. Um, but it's not a way making us happy and we, be, we were so busy chasing all this thing to meet the standard that we have to be this, we have to be that. We have so many roles that we have to play so perfectly. And in that all that pursued, um, we forget the main purpose of, you know, of any life that we set out is the reason we have those kind of standard is, you know, those supposed to bring us happiness. But then we realize when we try to get all of these and even when we check out all the box of having these we're still not happy we actually quite miserable because we don't know who we are we just um, lost touch with who we are in the beginning so that's why it's very important to um, live authentically but sometimes because we it's been so long that we've been doing you know, what everybody else tells us to do, like what role we had to play. We forget what it is anymore. We don't even know what, what we want anymore. And then when we start that process, not only we have to learn compassion for ourselves and self-acceptance, self-acceptance is also another big, big one um, because the thing that we want not always match with other people's expectations. And also, the thing that we want sometimes feels like it's too much, it's too big. Uh, Who are we, or how special we are to even dare to want so many things? Um, Just like, and then we're also afraid to suddenly change or suddenly go after all that because we're afraid to appear selfish all of a sudden. We are afraid to live for ourselves. And oh, most of that, are just um, we're not really honest with ourselves. So even though like, we know like, it's, like our life is not working out and something we want, but we're really afraid, so our fear for change and our fear for other people judging us and our fear of having to deal with all the drama if we upset them or whatever is bigger than being honest to ourselves and staying true to us. And that created a whole whole mess. So furthermore, the more we go on, the more miserable we get. And over time, this is our, without coping mechanism. Sometimes we just get used to it. We just numb things with a lot of things, like we just busy ourselves, alcohol, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, happy hour, everything like that. And over time, it's like the coping mechanism we tend to ignore it. And over time, we just don't know why we're miserable anymore. We forget. We forget the reason why. Um, but on the bright side, if we start to live authentically, um, we, uh, so of course, there's a time of adjustment when, you know, um, we're going to lose some people. That's inevitable. Mm. Um, but when we live authentically, we, other people can see us. Like we exude not like, you know, we're not going to be anxious anymore. We're not going to be frustrated. We're not going to be so irritated all the time. Uh, we're also not angry and we're not so easy to snap on other people because, you know, like we actually doing things because we choose to, because we want to. And that also when we live really honestly to ourselves, we just automatically become kinder and compassionate for other people because we're not like swallowed in our misery anymore. We don't have to spend so much energy to just cope. Um, We tend to be more open, more soft, more gentle. So it's very easier for us to be very open to see other people, to accept them, to love them in a deeper level. And the beautiful thing is when we actually live very honestly with ourselves is give people space and give people, you know, that uh, comfort level and that just uh, something about us that give them space to actually be honest themselves. Um, So yeah, like we are so comfortable and honest with ourselves that we let other people be vulnerable and be true to who they are too. So we're helping everybody just by being true to
0: ourselves. Awesome. I couldn't agree more. And it's so true, especially for women. And I know men experience this as well, but mm-hmm. kind of putting ourselves on that shelf, you know, forgetting about our needs and wants and our desires in the world and really focusing on other or focusing on what our parents want for us or our partner or our children and yeah. not focusing on our own happiness and coming out of it. I know I did not knowing who I was or what I wanted or what my desires were because I was so used to focusing on everybody else. So I think a lot of our listeners are going to relate to this. How did um, your Buddhist philosophy and practice play into, you know, this growth process for you?
1: It is very important. Um, So mindfulness is a big part. And um, so that's when I first learned about teacher. It's mostly first about meditation. I uh, did not get deep, anything deep into Buddhism. Um, but afterward, um, Buddhist principles, uh, most of them are encouraging for questions, regardless of how critical or how silly my question is. It's very uh, encouraging. And there, principle um it I guess it depends on what school you go to and stuff like that because Buddhism has a lot of different schools but the thing that I incorporate most in my uh, work are two things mindfulness and the four component of true love um, which is almost like like a milestone mark you know to 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 check just a guideline to check our relationship uh, to see, you know, to keep in check because sometimes our emotions are very confusing and it's easy <laughs> to be deceived by our emotions. Like how often do we have a wrong first impression about someone and then we completely change our mind about someone when we understand, you know, the situation and where they're coming from. So so with those principles, it's, like, it's almost like a guide uh, with relationships. Because uh, relationship, we are all emotional beings, so we tend to, you know, we tend to lose ourselves very easily in a relationship. Um, so with the four component of true love is helpful to remind myself that, um, that, and also with, you know, also have to go together with the mindfulness practice. But is remind myself that okay, am I loving that person for who they are? Or am I loving that person for just my image, my idea of who they are? So those principles, that specific one, really help to uh, keep reminding myself. So first of all, that will take off the pressure of the other person. They don't have to strive. They don't have to try to fit into the role or whatever my idea of them are. And help me to keep an open mind to not to assume and just look at them and see them for who they are and love them for who they are and not trying to change them or anything. And regardless of where that relationship leads, you know, whether it's, you know, getting deeper or we go a separate way or whatever, it's just a good idea to, um, you know, avoid a lot of drama. And a lot of it is not about, you know, it's not about me as a person, but it just, you know, relationships sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't and but it's just like a good guideline and reminder into like explaining things so those things are specifically what i bring into my work so which you know it doesn't have anything to do with you know like you don't have to really know what is buddhism or whatever but those principles to help to guide us to remind us to how to uh view the world and view other people And to make our behavior more ethical, um, kinder, more compassionate, and just more wholesome, make our relationship deeper and uh, more wholesome.
0: Nice. And how do you use the meditation and mindfulness in your practice? And how does that benefit your clients?
1: So, um. I basically encourage and that actually their homework assignment to actually have a mindfulness practice. So they do have to be mindful. Um, my point of practice is just be aware. So like to be aware, like right? so they practice with me if they never meditate before it's fine. Um, in my old personal practice is different from how I work with uh, most people because uh, I, you know, study. So I'm already in my study track. So my personal practice is different. But for other clients, most of the time I just, um, so I do teach them a little bit of meditation for someone that never meditated before is the main idea just to be aware. So usually I teach them about breathing uh, to be aware of the breath and that to help them to focus on, be more aware of how they're reacting or what's going on and have a little bit of distinction between like, everything is going on around, uh, around them is about them or, you know, to take a breather, basically. And so it's good to just start building up that mindfulness uh, practice. But that's very important because um, in the long run, awareness is like always a big major step. It's like once they recognize that it's an issue or there's a problem or once they catch themselves with the behavior, uh, that's awareness. So they need that level of awareness and it's key need to be maintained. Um, so, yeah, that's very important for the long run.
0: Nice. Awareness is very important. Yeah. Without awareness, nothing can change. I say that repeatedly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> yes, if we don't true. know, we yeah. don't recognize a problem that like we don't even see a problem to solve it. So.
0: Exactly. So how did um, your happiness blueprint come about? And can you tell us what that is?
1: Yeah, so the happiness blueprint is just more like what makes a life very fulfilling or, you know, and I make it like generally enough. So basically, um, basically, that's like basically uh, our life is built on certain cutoffs. Kind uh, for me, when I did the blueprint, it like a certain circle and it's like a pillar for our life. So the first one is basically our uh, basic need. Um, people are not gonna think about clarity or happiness when they're starving. So they need to have their basic need met. Um, so it, I, I'm trying. I'm a very. <laughs> I do not accept anyone that have to take out a debt to work with me because that's not for me. That's not ethical for me. Um, I want them to have their basic need met so they don't have to be stressed out and thinking about what. To put on to put on table for tomorrow. That's unaccessible, you know. Um they just don't have the energy and the mind space to actually think about anything else if they're struggling for survival. So we all need that basic need met so we can have that level of safety and security so we can actually grow. Uh, otherwise we're just surviving. So that's the first pillar that they need some kind of uh, safety and security. Um, so a course is not like you need a mansion to survive, you know? Like you need your basic meals, you know, like electricity, rent, you know, like food, shelter, like basic needs. And then the next one that people need will be um, passion, uh, purpose, is the similar and almost the same. It's like you have, it's, it's not only mean that you're, you need to, you know, your job needs to be your purpose or your passion for life or whatever. It's just that you have something in your life that bring you meaning and it bring you joy. Uh, it doesn't have to be the same thing, but it's necessary to have them. Uh, it could be hobby. It could be uh, charity work that you're involved in, or it could be it could be anything. It could be an interest as you're learning. But as human, we need that kind of um, that intellect that's kind of more, that kind of purpose and more. We're not just... We're not just here to just maybe pay bills and die, you know? So the meaning and purpose is important. And the next big one is relationship. Uh, we are not, we are not made to just survive on ourselves. So in our whole life, we always have to have a relationship with other people. So it's important to have, to build like a, at least one that we can be vulnerable with, we can be safe with, uh, to be very supportive with. So, um, uh, you know, like if you just have like co-worker that acquaintance, that's fine, but you, we need that intimate connection either with a mentor or a best friend or children or parents or spouse, you know, like we need at least one relationship that's very deep connection that they actually know who we are all our weaknesses and stuff like that. So, uh, because we are connected. If, if we feel so disconnected and isolated, it te- we tend to get depressed. <laughs> it's just depression is mostly the symptom when we feel so disconnected. Um, and then the main one, the biggest one is ourself. And that's the one that drives everything else because ourselves, we, from the moments we were born, we get shaped with all these ideas and beliefs in cultural uh, society. Um, so without knowingly, uh, unknowingly, we develop this belief and our view of how the world is supposed to work or how my life is supposed to be. And we use that kind of belief to judge everything else. And we base the, our action based on those judgments. And though judgment based on our belief that might or might not necessarily be true. um, So if we change our perception, if our perception is skewed or distorted or even toxic, if we be able to change it, then we are changing our life from the inside out. Because if we change the way we look at things, we have different judgment about them and we will act differently. We feel differently when when, when we realize something differently. So... Uh, that's the biggest piece is about ourselves. Uh, but often we just tend to, you know, checking off materialistic, you know, get some purpose, get some, you know, do something we like and then get some relationship, but we neglecting that big, big chunk. Uh, the center of it all is ourselves.
0: Awesome. That's great, Tiffany. What a great program. How do people find the right spiritual mentor or teacher?
1: So they um, first of all, they would have to find someone that is genuine, authentic. And um, I guess sometimes it's time for them to recognize that. But, um, but one of the big key one is uh, resonance. Um, they have to resonate with that mentor or teacher. It's very similar with, like, when we go to school, we have many, many teachers. Like we can have many, many math teacher, but maybe there's one that we just kind of understand more, one that we like or something like that. So there's something about their style that really resonates with it and helpful for us to make us understand things. Because all the math teachers teaching the same math, math doesn't change, but there's something about a particular one that we like that we will, we will be able to understand it. And so, um, Resonant and honesty is a big two key point to find their mentor and teacher. Um, so resonant and people have to be, once they find a teacher, they need to be open and receptive. Um, it's hard to, if you like, it would be a terrible disaster if I go to my teacher and I was telling him how to do things or, you know, how am I right, you know, how right I am, and, and he just need to approve it. That's, that's not the point. They have to be um, receptive and open and even be ready to have the whole view, world view come crashing down. Um, so, but I think one of the phrase that very, very fitting in life uh, is from Lao Tzu, is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know? Um, I read like many, many spiritual books for, for a long time. Like, right? for those, even when I was suffering, like Akatoli, Dalai Lama, and I was just, it was dry for me. I, I fell asleep. I didn't quite get it. Um, but until I met my teacher, then I can understand those books. But from most of uh, before then, I don't get it. Like, before then, like, when I was lost, I read those uh, spiritual texts and I would just go straight to sleep. Did not get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah, but afterwards then, okay, no, yeah, now I get it.
0: Nice. If someone resonates with you as a spiritual coach and teacher, what are the components of their journey uh, for their personal transformation?
1: So uh, the way I work, I'm looking at patterns and I pointed them out for them. Uh, Because when we are confused, they're us. most of the coach will let them come to their own answer. I'm quite different. I'm more of like a mentor teacher one. Uh, that I will point it out for them. I give you the answer. And I just hope you contemplate on it and give me back question when you uh, confuse on that point. Because um, I find that if if we already confuse a lot, there's no way you're gonna find <laughs> there's no way you're gonna find the map, the roadmap. Um, so the way I work is when people come to me, we're gonna go through uh, relationship first. We're gonna dive into relationship patterns, uh, starting with your most intimate one, which is romance. and then is spreading out to family relationship patterns, which will uncover a lot of generational wounds um, because we tend to repeat either our parents' mistake or patterns. It tend to repeat in the family and then it will and then it's like pulling back layers and then then we go deeper into ourselves and who we are and how we look at ourselves um i find that it's best to go that way because with relationship, it's inevitable that we're going to show many sides of us in relationship and it's it's easier to have our behavior and to pick up our behavior and then to, I guess, do like reverse analysis and point it back to why we do it, like why we act that way in the relationship. And then, so it's easier point to be opening up to start seeing evidence, I guess. Uh, so it's easier and then to go and then like digging deeper. So it's like a go like a spiral, like first relationship, then go spiral to us, go to ourselves. So that's how I work.
0: Nice. So how do we, like when we're working through those relationships, let's dive into um, belief systems and um, thought forms and how you use those to lift up your clients.
1: So the way I work is I will go through the, um, for example, like my client would tell me about, um, so of course I have to be open and ready to share because we have to share all that intimate, detailed stuff. Um, so I hold like a safe space for them, and they would tell me their relationship, what happened in it, uh, whether they broken up or not, and you know, like just telling me like their behavior in it, their feelings, and so I will point it out to them. Like that's that's one of my strengths that I can just spot the patterns. I will be like, yeah, you had this thought patterns in your relationship. And then we dive into that history of dating. Like, okay, so you've been attracting this type of person. Uh, There may be a pattern of the reason why did you keep attracting the same thing. And, but what you actually want, is a little bit different, but you were looking for, you're looking for like maybe the superficial thing of it, or sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing of what we actually really want. And it's 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 just sad, but we all do it. We all do it. We all do it. We're like, I will be like, uh, for example, I will like, well, I really want like a sensitive, uh, honest person, but I will be looking for someone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I will be looking for someone honest, and they might be sensitive, but we might have like a conversation, and that would be it. So, like. Oh, well, I guess I honest, so I guess that check mark. But what I really want is someone that I can talk to for a very long time. But you know, so it's, it's it's different. But we we tend to not get what we actually want. We we want the wrong thing. So so that's how I point out the pattern, and it's just going. And then I will tell them like teaching uh teaching moment a lot about what relationship requires, like a good quality, like. Uh, relationship require like several qualities to make it harmonious and very long-term. And without those things, it's like, without those foundation, it's not gonna last. It's just it's just not gonna work out. Um, and this can be built. It's not like, it's not like everybody born to be in a relationship, you know? It's thing, um, it's great. When I when I met with some of my uh, colleagues and clients, like it's something, it's very good to get this kind of work early on in the relationship. So we both be whole, and we both uh, know how to be in relationship. We never get taught how to be in relationship. So we just stumble into relationship one after the other, and we do it blind, <laughs> and we repeat the same thing. Um, but once we learn how to be in relationship, it's make, it, it's make the relationship healthier. And you know, it just, it's just better you know, when we learn it. So, so that's how, so how that's how usually it works. So we I would ask something very intimate detail, and I would just tell them the pattern, and then I will give them homework to change the frame, the type of framework, and then to start practicing mindfulness.
0: Nice, I like that. You're direct, and sometimes really you direct. Have that directness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very direct I will be like brutally blunt so like I would be like there's. I was like some of my clients and clients was telling me uh, the story, like wow that sucks <laughs> but it's not with really, like a bad bad intent so I, I think it just depends on the style like I would not um I do not sugarcoat I would be like yeah well that sounds pretty abusive to me kind of thing so like very straightforward um but I think uh, I think it it, it just depends on people's style. It just depend on people's style and personality. Um, I'm very straightforward and I point it straight out for them. So um, so people will not. So for me is uh, so the so uh, so they don't misunderstand. Right. So it's clear. So they can take it and do whatever they want with it, and they can come back to it or something. But um, That's the, that is the level of resonant, you know, you need to resonate the style with the teacher or mentor and also the level of us, how receptive we are, how open and ready we are. Um, if we're not willing to change, if we're not willing to be wrong, then, then we stay here. We stay stuck.
0: Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. What are some of the common um, belief systems that you run into in your practice?
1: The very, very most common one is um, we are, most of us are people pleaser. Um, even, even when we very, um, even when we very like develop, like it can manifest in different way, how our personality manifests, we can become like very aloof, like, oh, I don't care or uh, somehow like we become like bitter was like, oh, life sucks, you know, <laughs> like this is the bitch. <laughs> like, we just hate anybody else or just hate life, how it works. And it's just miserable. Um, and sometimes it's like more soft. Like sometimes people withdraw and close down. So they get very depressed and they would just like, um, they would just shut down basically. And, some people would just be like completely lost their power or their own authority. They will be like, I do whatever you want. I just, I don't know what anymore. I'm just like, whatever, like whatever you tell me to do, do. So it's manifests a lot of those, but all of that come down to, we kind of like people pleaser. Um, we don't have confidence. We um, don't have confidence in ourselves. Uh, and that's very tricky, especially because a lot of my clients are high achievers we might be very successful in our career. So we, we have confidence in our talent or what we can do in our work, but we don't have confidence in ourselves, in relationship or like, it's like um, so like, it's like a very simple question. Like, do you think you deserve, um, I don't know, so for a woman, like, do you think you deserve Mr. Darcy? And I'm like, well, that would be nice. but that fictional no, I don't know that realistic, you kind of thing. So like, that's like a sign of confidence. I'm like, so you don't think you, you're good enough? or a Mr. Darcy, basically. So lack of confidence, uh, people pleaser, um, self-esteem, low self-esteem, low self-worth, and that is very common in both women and men. Um, also confident, but you know, both self-esteem, um, body image, a lot of shame. Uh, we have a lot of fear and a lot of shame. So those are very, very most common um, with, with everyone.
0: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> I went through it, so it's mm-hmm. It's very common.
0: It's very common. <laughs> and how do you work with your clients around their fear and shame? Because that's huge.
1: So healing is a spiral journey. Um, I hold quiet space for them. Um, and so they can, um, most most people, all, um, all of my clients feel safe to be vulnerable, because I want to be vulnerable again and share things. The feeling of shame, um, Unfortunately, a lot of them arise from how we were brought up. Sometimes it's like a generational wound. It's passing down from generations. And sometimes it's come from trauma, childhood trauma, uh, like a younger time trauma. So either events or how the way we get brought up, and it would keep, keep repeating that the feeling of shame run very, very deep. Um, the way I transform this is I point it out for them how that sh- shame formed, And it just, it just needs time and their willingness to do the deeper work and just to um, dig deep through it. Um, look, it take very long, it take, look, it take them decades to form that kind of shame. So it's gonna take some time to undo a lot of not. And sometimes we get triggered and sometimes we come back. Sometimes we thought we were healed and we complete, you know, we good. But, um, but then maybe three years later, like something trigger us. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you know, like a deeper level, yeah. but, but it's good because once we get triggered, we understand like, okay, this is like a deeper wound that we go deeper and we can heal. And, uh, but it's good. So like the base of it, like, uh, I, pointed out the pattern, how their shame from is forming uh, or was formed and how it keeps perpetuated and showing up in their life. And it's like, it's a, that's a beautiful thing about our human mind. Once we see it, we're not lost anymore. It's just like when we uh, when we in the river. If we are drowning in the river, then we cannot see anything. But when we're outside of it, even the river will be like, the current will be very strong and, you know, like, very uh, like wide river crashing down or whatever, but we're not drowning. We can see things, then then we can flip it.
0: Awesome. And how do we use those life events, those big changes in our lives, that suffering or breakup or loss of a job to propel us forward? You talk about that on your um, website, that you using it as a jumping off point for personal growth. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think those are really opportunity for us to look at ourselves um usually when things are go smoothly, our coping mechanism like very strong, we just don't notice what's wrong with it, like or we kind of feel what's wrong with it, but we just bury it, we just suppress it. I'm like, okay, it's fine, everything is fine i don't want to I don't want to open a kind of warm kind of thing, so we're just going through this, but when those kind of um Life event happens. It forces to. It forces us to be honest with ourselves. Like shit, nothing has been working. I've been avoiding this. So for me, it was like um, I was in the down for a very long time, and right? I would just like suppress and just like keep moving on, you know. But um, for me, a little bit different because I was lucky. I didn't have like something like crashing down, boom, or something like that. But for most of people, either like a breakup or divorce. It's like, break them open. Um, and the beautiful thing about those kind of suffering is we honest, because we, are, we are tend to be more honest when we are grieving. And whenever something happens, even when up or divorce, even if we're the one that initiated, it's still a very difficult emotional event to go through. And we're still grieving for something that... Um, that we used to have and now we lose it. And that grief make us open and make us honest. And it's it is exactly that vulnerability that can help us see the truth of us, uh, can help us open our eyes and recognize that's what not working and um and propel us to go deeper. You know, if we never get triggered, then we're just cruising along and continue with our coping mechanism. And we just which I continue to be miserable down the end. So it's better to, like, it's just like when you break up. It's better if you process it and get on with. And later on, when you heal, you can be in like a healthy, harmonious relationship later on than after a breakup. And we're just like drowning the pain with alcohol or drug or whatever. And then let's get on rebound relationship <laughs> to keep getting on, keep get on the train it just, it just keep getting worse basically. So, so it's an opportunity for us to take whatever we decide. If we decide to continue on with what we've been doing or we decide to stop and look deeper and transform our life on that one. So it's opportunity.
0: It really is. It's definitely a catalyst point, a jumping off point for, you know, a new beginning for sure. Yeah. How do you use your tarot readings in your yeah. work?
1: I am an intuitive tarot reader. And so during my work, I uncover because I work with patterns. So it's come up with, you know, uh, patterns a lot. So most of the time I, you just use my analytical brain, but that toward the end, um, if people are open for it, some people don't like tarot and you know, it's fine. It doesn't have to be incorporated. But um, in Buddhism, we do believe in past life. So uh, it's just, you know, for a fun point, I was just telling them like, hey, sometimes like you know, it's like more like a curiosity point. Like right? if sometime we feel like we're in the we're in this life and we experience like a lot of like, you know, because patterns so we keep repeating, like sending pattern, you know, like why am I here for these love challenges or for these financial challenges? So like um, so that is how the end. I do have I think it was my last session, like ending session or something. So I do a tarot reading on comic pattern and looking at their past life. Just to, just you know, just out of a curiosity. So like, oh, so this is your soul journey and your soul pattern. So like, it's like we sign up to get into this life to learn certain kind of big lessons and how we process progressing. Are we doing, you know, make good progress on some of these life? Or are we going backward? Like, oh fuck, so kind of <laughs> that. So, so it's, it's a good curiosity point. And um, some people find that helpful. Some people find that very hopeful, and um, some people like uh, a good check of like, oh no, <laughs> like oh no, We're progressing backward. Let me let me go forward, um, but but it's good. It's it's very lighthearted, um, uh, interesting just to see the pattern. So that's how I use for that one, and that's how I use for tarot reading most of the time. I think a few, very few private clients will ask me for like a tarot reading, more like mundane life, like when I'm gonna meet someone or life changing thing like that. Uh, I sometimes indulge in it, but it's not very um, empowering for you because you change your life. You can choose whatever you want. So it doesn't really matter that you can have that reading and then you decide to do completely different. So I'm like, whatever. But yeah, that's the way I use tarot reading it. Like I naturally intuitive a little. Um, So I might have used it in in coaching or mentoring unknowingly without a method that I'm not aware of. So my level of awareness is not that high yet. Um, But for actually using a tarot card, it's only due to my last session when I look at comic patterns from their past life to see how their soul lesson and progressing on their uh, learning learning curve.
0: Awesome, it's nice to bring that in and it's good to always incorporate the intuitive aspect of it to a little bit tarot reading. It offers another perspective. It's good.
1: Yeah, it's another perspective. Like, wow, I signed up to learn this one. So I, I signed up for, oh, we all signed up for hard, hard lesson. We never signed up <laughs> for easy lesson.
0: It's a hard lesson. We never learn anything, right? If it was easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Because we always remember the, the path that we failed. We don't remember the test that we did ace.
0: Right? So true. Gosh, How else can people work with you, Tiffany?
1: Um, so people can uh, book a call, uh, either send me email or just book a 15 minute discovery call to see if our vibe match, um, to see if they like my style and how I work. Uh, I do curse <laughs> in my language, which just come out. Um, and I'm very blunt. So it just, if they like my energy, like my style and resonate, um, and yeah, there'd be a good working with. But uh, if not a good match, then I will, you know, invite them to uh continue looking for the mentor.
0: Awesome. And what do you offer?
1: Yes, I offer 12 uh, weeks one-on-one mentoring with me. And so that's where I go through and pointed out their pattern from relationship to their whole view about themselves and about life, how they were formed, how they view their form of the view and um to shift it because once i point it out obviously we can see that like, okay that doesn't make sense i like yes it does not <laughs> so so we can change our patterns we can change our life and then most of my clients they go forward with uh confidence in themselves um and that naturally develop that resilience because no matter whatever obstacle arises, because life. Always way up and down and something gonna throw our way you know go like curveball but yeah so the they have resilience that when obstacles come up they uh, they they not feeling lost they are not feeling confused they know who they are they know their value and they know what they want and um, so they can make decision and that's the resilience to go forward and that's give them true confidence confidence is not like It's not like, you know, you're going to be successful, but it's more like, you know, that you can handle it and you know that you can go forward no matter what happened in the future. It's not that you know ahead of time what's going on. And then, so most people going on and they, um, yeah, change their life and most of them will have much healthier relationship. Um, Yeah, one of my clients actually met his true love after divorce. So that was... That was uh, that was that was great. Yeah. It set the part. I mean, once you kind of once we know who we are and what we can love ourselves, is it's so much wholesome. It's so much more holistic. It's just so much um I think it's just so much better. We're able to love other people completely as they are. And um so that opened the door to love, you know. Once we're ready, then hey.
0: Yes, I love that. And how can people find you?
1: Yes, they can come to my website, spunkyspiritualist.com. And there's a Google call button or they can send me an email at Tiffany at spunkyspiritualist.com.
0: Nice. And are you on social media?
1: I am only on Facebook. I'm not on any other social media.
0: Okay. And are you on Facebook um, at spunky Spiritualist?
1: Yes. Yeah. Awesome. That's my page also. Yes.
0: Great. And what would you like to leave our listeners with today?
1: Um, I want to leave everyone listening um, to be honest with ourselves. We're never going to be able to run away from who we are. (laughs) This is is what we get until the day we die, you know? So it's best to to be honest with ourselves. And um, the best advice that I can give other people is to become your own best friend. if if we know more about our best friend than ourselves, then just start becoming our best friend. So start learning about ourselves.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Tiffany. It was awesome having you today. What a great conversation. Thank you, Liz. And thank you for joining me, everybody. Go find Tiffany at spunky and on Facebook at spunky spiritualist and find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at raise the vibe with Liz and my website, Liz's healing touch. Have a great day, everybody. And remember to get that out there and raise the vibe. Bye everyone. Bye Tiffany. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.